Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for returning. If it is your first time here, welcome. This is a space where we talk about healing in many different forms. And today I'm gonna focus on the area of dreams, dreaming and visioning. And I'll explore some of the reasons why it's a powerful practice to explore, the practice of understanding your dreams and also I'll share some very simple practices to help you connect to your dreams. And also I'll share some of my favorite oils for helping us to connect into the dreams, the wisdom of the dream, the understanding of the dream. So we all spend about a third of our lives sleeping. No matter what we do during the day, most of us, our day will end the same. We'll close our eyes, we'll start to dissolve into sleep into darkness and as we do this even as we do this everything that we kind of associate or identify with as ourself as me that is starts to disappear and after a brief period images can start to arise and with those images another sense of self also arises and we can exist in what's like a dual world in this kind of limitless, apparently limitless world of the dreams. So every night we are practicing, we are participating in the deepest, most profound mysteries moving from one dimension of experience to another. And in that process, we lose ourselves, we find ourselves again. And yet we just all kind of assume that this is um, we take it all for granted, this practice. We wake in the morning and then we step back into what we would call real life. And one of the ways that I'm working with this idea of dreaming and the, of having it inform my daily practice is to understand that in many senses, even the times when we're so-called awake during the day, even in these times, there's also a sense of dreaminess. There's also a sense of maybe being asleep in inverted commas or kind of like we're, we're, we're making it up as we go along. And what all the teachings tell us is that we can continue in this deluded dreamy state, whether we're in the day or when, whether we're in the night, or we have the choice to wake up to it. We have the choice to wake up. So the person that I go to for a lot of my studying is Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche, and I'll be referring to his book, which is a beautiful book for you to get. You can get it um, in hard copy or audio copy, and it's called the, the Tibetan Yogas of Dream and Sleep. And the Tibetans really are the masters of dreaming and accessing the dream state. They have been specializing in this for thousands and thousands of years. So if we are to turn to anyone really for an understanding of this practice, then really the Tibetans are the masters of this. And Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche says, this is a dream, I am free, I can change this. And we can refer that to the so-called waking state during the day, 
but we can also refer it to the so-called sleeping state during the night, the dreaming state during the night. And there's a couple of ways that we can work with our dreams. So the first way, and this would be maybe more of a Western psychological perspective rather than a Tibetan uh, Buddhist practice, is that we can look at interpretation. We can look at the meaning of a dream. You know, maybe we really delve into the story of the dream and there's a recurring place or a recurring person or a recurring feeling that happens in the dream. You know, some of us have a classic dream of... I don't know, um, being in our old school hall, for example, and, and a feeling, an association, a repetitive pattern around that. There's also other kind of classic dreams, I suppose, of like being chased, running down the street and there's something behind you. Um, I believe it's in Japanese culture. This is just by the by. There is a practice taught to young children that if they find themselves in a dream and they are being chased by, let's say, a monster or a being, they are taught to become aware in their dream, to turn around to the monster and ask for the gift, which is a beautiful way of looking at what might be a fearful dream and to turn it into something that is more empowering, to understand that within that fear situation of being chased by a monster, there's a gift, there's a, a, a learning, there's a lesson, there's a teaching. So that's the first way is to look at the meaning of a dream. The second way, and this is what I'm really interested in, is less about the story of the dream, although there is always information in that story, and more about the nature of the dream. So what is the quality of a dream? What is the nature of the dream? What is the sense, the sensuality, the, the, the characteristic of a dream rather than the specific story? So the nature of the dream, what does that feel like to be in dream? And how does understanding the nature of dream inform our waking life? And then the third way that we can look at dreaming and work with it is to ask if we can use the process of dreaming to wake ourselves up. So to see if we can understand what's going on in the dream, that we are somehow complicit or partnering with the story of the dream, with even the nature of the dream, the feeling of the dream, and to locate our source of power to invite an awakening as we go along so that we can, rather than simply continue to recreate based on things that have gone before us, we can actually become present, aware, full of presence in the moment, in the dream, and use that as a mode, a methodology of awakening. So it's not that we're looking to control the dream. It's looking more that we are awakening within the dream so that there can be some form of agency over our life, which is really where the power lives rather than being pushed aside, um, controlled, manipulated, moved, whether it's by ourselves or whether it's by outside forces, we actually begin to own our inner power, our inner awareness, our inner uh, state of being and presence evolves, and then we can start to have agency over life. Chogyal Namke Norbu, who's a Tibetan master, I'll say his name again, Chogyal Namke Norbu, a Tibetan master, Tibetan Buddhist master, he says that the practices that we can do in the dream state are nine times more effective and transformative than what we can do in a waking state. So if we can develop an awareness practice within the dream, 
from that awareness practice in many ways it's going to be more powerful according to the tibetan masters than any practices spiritual practices awakening practices that we might have during the day i've always been taught by my teacher that if i am aware in the dream that i am a dreaming so if you if you do have a moment of lucidity in a dream and you are aware that you're dreaming to meditate in the dream so you're within the dream you're aware that you're dreaming meditate within the dream and i've been told that if we can even just have a, a second or even a nanosecond of meditation within a dream it's equivalent to a month's silent retreat now don't ask me how they make up these um, comparisons such as a month in silent retreat or nine times more effective than um than any kind of healing or transformative than any kind of healing we would do in the day i don't know the science and how folks work that out but i do know that i've had experiences of being lucid and present within dream state and having the awareness because i'd been taught by somebody very wise to meditate and the quality of peace that i felt on wakening was remarkable like truly life-changing and so really when you think about this it actually kind of makes total sense because when you work with the root of your experience so when you work directly with your unconscious mind which is what we're working with in a dream state this begins to transform the conscious mind much more effectively than if we just engage with the conscious mind alone because the conscious mind is is doing some of the behavior, some of the thoughts, some of the emoting, but a large percentage of the way that we act, think, behave is from subconscious. So if we can access subconscious, which we can when we're in dream state, potential is huge for personal transformation, for personal expansion, and actually beyond probably what we can even imagine. And this could be applied to anything from playing sport to creativity to writing maybe to playing music whatever it might be if if it's acknowledged that we spend a third of our lives in this dream in this sleeping state then really why why not make the most of it why not make the most of it and begin to transform our dreams so that we start to sculpt our reality who is my dreamer this is an interesting question so we have the self and then we have the dreamer so we have me and then we have my dreamer and who who's who in in this little scenario in this little character dance what's interesting to note is that the dreamer knows everything about me including all of the stuff that i'm not aware of consciously and including all of the stuff that i don't want to bring to the surface including all of the stuff that I like to put you know in on the back burner or sweep it under the carpet if you like the dreamer has all my blind spots covered you cannot hide from the dreamer because they know everything it's, your dreamer has full access to full subconscious unconscious mind I should say so it's very interesting to pay attention to the dreamer to pay attention to the 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 nature of the dream and the messages from coming through from the dreamer also an interesting idea for you perhaps to play with and it took me a while to understand this but is that sleeping and dreaming so we have sleep some of our nighttime um, is spent asleep 
and some of our nighttime is spent in dreams. But sleeping and dreaming, which we associate almost as one, I think, in the West, are actually very far apart. They're not the same thing at all. So sleeping and dreaming are actually further apart than sleeping and waking. And this, if we look at it through a more of a, um, a spiritual perspective, if you like, is because sleep is closer to emptiness, to kind of that um, blank page that is both full and empty at the same time. Emptiness is a very big concept. I won't spend too much time going into this because that would be like a full lifetime's work to try and unpack what emptiness is. But the dream is much more um, is much more alive in many ways. So our daily life, our daily life has this kind of veil, if you like, of misperception over it. This, this kind of veil of misperception over how we interpret um, situations, people, how we experience. It's all it's all filtered through our own experience. This and 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 sometimes that's clearer than other times, but. But unless we're fully enlightened beings, generally the, the acceptance is that there is a veil of misperception over our daily experience of life. Same in the dream. There's a veil of misperception over our dreams. It's like a dream. It's like a dream state. Whereas sleep is very pure. Sleep is uh, very, very pure, very clear. There is a sleep practice within Tibetan Buddhism, but I'm not going to go into that too much right now. I'm just going to focus simply on dreams because, again, that's a, a whole other topic. So how do we start to have access to our dream? How do we start to gain insight into those so that we can begin to understand them, understand ourselves better? The key to this is not what happens at night. It's not even the practices that we do at night, although they are important and I'll give you some um, techniques for that in a moment. But the key to accessing our dreams and visions is to actually find a way of calming and stilling the mind. And calming and the stilling and stilling the mind happens cumulatively actually through the day. It's not something that necessarily can just be turned on at 9 p.m. at night just before you go to bed. It's something that accumulates and is cultivated, let's say, through the day. I'm going to read you a little bit from the book by Tenzin Mongyal Rinpoche. This is on page 135 if you do happen to refer to it. And it's talking about the quality of distraction that many of us, well, all of us, let's say, um, exist in. So Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche says, being distracted by a cloud of concepts is a habit and it can be replaced with a new habit. Using bodily sensual experience to bring us to presence, to connect us to the beauty of the world, to the vivid and nourishing experience of life that underlies our distractions. This is the underpinning of successful dream yoga. He says, the waking part of the day is often around 16 hours and the mind is busy the whole time. Often it seems there is not enough time and so much of what time there is is spent in distraction and unpleasant experience. The modern world seems constantly to be making demands to take care of the job, the family, to watch movies, to look in store windows, to wait in traffic, to talk to friends, a thousand things to grab attention and carry it off until the day is a blur, leading to exhaustion and hunger for even greater distraction that offers escape. 
it continues. Moment by moment, we are driven away from ourselves. Living this way is not helpful for any practice, including dream yoga. Therefore, simple and regular habits of reconnecting to ourselves, of becoming more present, must be cultivated. So the practice is to reconnect to ourself, to find moments of calm, to find opportunities to still the mind, to practice simple breathing practices, to place presence in the body, which gives us access to anchoring into the body, which creates stability. And this can be done through um, connection through connection to our environment, to our surroundings, particularly nice to do it in nature. So for example, sometimes when we go for a walk in the park, the body is walking around the park, but the mind is actually somewhere else. The mind isn't even in the park. So it's about constantly bringing yourself back to the present moment. Where am I? Oh, I'm walking around the park. Oh, there's a really beautiful tree there. I'm gonna just like observe and be present with the tree. Well, there's a gorgeous flower there. I'm gonna have a sensory experience where I'm gonna breathe in the aroma of the flower. Equally, you could understand how the essential oils bring us into that sensory awareness because when you're breathing in an essential oil, as I say many, many times, you can't be anywhere else other than almost in the bottle. You can't be anywhere else other than with the oil, with the aroma. So it brings you back to that base awareness the sense, the sense of aroma, the sense of smell. And that is that helps to dispel uh, any story that we may have around our, our current activity. So that's the first practice is just to bring in qualities of stability, anchoring in, present moment awareness, and this helps us become more uh, full of presence. The second thing that I'm going to talk about is practices before you go to bed. So practices before you actually close your eyes, because often what can happen for many of us is that we have so much exhaustion running through our system that by the time we go to sleep, all that happens is that the body shuts off, but there's still tension running through our body, through our nervous system and through our body. So the body goes one way, which is still running the tension and then the mind separates and goes another way so there's kind of a split so anything you can do to start to unravel or unwind tension that might have accumulated through the day a simple yoga practice my favorite pose is legs up the wall super simple five minutes ten minutes before bed is going to change everything having a bath before you go to bed having a practice of uh, a bath that is really relaxing maybe you have uh, dim lights so there's a opportunity to kind of wash away the day to have everything start to unravel maybe you put some of your favorite essential oils in there to help uh, ritualize it to help amplify the relaxation perhaps you have a practice where you just light a candle for a moment and you just sit and observe the candle you meditate quietly with that light with that um, flickering powerful light of a candle remember to blow it out before you go to bed perhaps you set up your diffuser and you infuse your bedroom with some beautiful aromatic scents of the essential oils some calming soothing oils like lavender or sandalwood or frankincense something that's really grounding settling calming for you or a simple quiet practice just before you go to sleep where the mind is invited to slow down this is this is this can be done very very simply with a, 
just a couple of minutes of breathing actually of awareness on the breath this can be done maybe you have if you know the practice of alternate nostril breathing that's one of the practices you could do before bed just while you're sitting up in your bed just do two three rounds of alternate nostril breathing or perhaps just regular breathing breathing in for a count of five or six and breathing out for a count of five or six so you start to accumulate little calming practices that center you so that when you do close your eyes, it's not, tension isn't running the dream show, yeah? And another final one that I love to do is to generate positive feelings before you go to sleep. And there's so many different ways you can do that. One way that I like to to do it is to send prayers or blessings to loved ones. Maybe there's family that you want to send a blessing or a prayer to. Maybe there's somebody in your life who you know has going through troubles and you want to just send them uh, a sweet prayer just before you go off to sleep. Maybe you want to generate some gratitude as you go to sleep so another practice could be that you start to maybe just check through your day and note in your mind moments of fullness generosity where you felt happy where you felt grateful where you felt connected and just locate those moments so then what happens is as you drift off to sleep you've generated positive feelings so the positive feelings start to run through your system rather than exhaustion and tension running through your system and what that then will do is feed the dream with positivity feed the deep the dream with a more a peaceful quality and then the peaceful quality will be reflected in your dream and it's like a circle that keeps going. Then you wake up feeling more peaceful rather than with tension running through your system. So this practice is kind of a bit like these practices. Well, they're a bit like washing the mind before you go to bed. You know, like we all have a practice of cleaning, the te- cleaning our teeth before we go to bed. Maybe we wash our face. Maybe we take off our makeup or we have a skincare practice of cleansing the skin. And sometimes we forget about the most important part, which is our mind and our heart. So this is a medicine practice really for washing the mind, clearing out the mind and buoying up the heart as you drift off into sleep. There's a phrase that you can also say to yourself, which would be an invitation. So this is an invitation. It's almost like you're asking your dreamer. (laughs) It's like um, requesting a dream request. And you can ask your dreamer, may I have a clear dream? May I have a lucid dream? May I understand myself through the dream? May I have a clear dream? May I have a lucid dream? May I understand myself through the dream? You know, and perhaps there's even something that you specifically want help with. Maybe there's a question, an issue in your life and you just don't know what to do with it or you just need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of intuitive insight that your unconscious mind can support you with, your dreamer can support you with and you can just ask, just ask the question. Please let me know what I should do next about this issue. So it's very simple practices. There's not um, complication around them. If you want to take the practice further, and this is very much within the tradition of the Tibetan Buddhist practice, but it's simplified deeply here, I would invite you to go look at the book. 
but you can simply as you've done those previous practices of calming everything down you can connect to whoever you would consider to be your enlightened master so the person really who has shown you maybe an understanding of what it is to be kind generous peaceful perhaps even somebody who invited you into an understanding of emptiness or spiritual awareness and you can bring those invite that person kind of to your bedside if you like and hold them there as a inspiration as you go into your sleep you can also ask for protection as you go into sleep because when we sleep we are a little bit more open in some ways because we are in our unconscious mode so you can ask for protection from whatever form being light um, spiritual entity that feels safe and true for you and then thirdly you can imagine at the throat center which within tibetan dream yoga is the throat the throat center is the dream center and you can imagine here just a tibetan uh, just a, a red um lotus a, lo a lotus flower and at the center of that flower a letter a just an english letter a there is a tibetan letter practice that you can also take and if you want to look at that you can go look into the book and delve deeper and study further but a simple one that you can do is to just imagine this red light or this red flower at the throat with a letter a and as you do so invite a quality of peace what we're taught is that really mo most of this practice is cultivation of peace. Once we have cultivated a quality of peace, everything else can kind of fall into place. Everything else can kind of follow. But the first thing that we locate is this quality of peace. So let's look at essential oils to help us relax, to help us calm and to help us connect. My favorite blend if we look at that first of all is the blend from doTERRA called serenity blend and within that blend you have lavender cedarwood hoewood ylang ylang marjoram roman chamomile which is great for sleep vetiver vanilla which gives you some sweetness um, and hawaiian sandalwood and you could simply be diffusing this you could be putting a drop on your pillow a little bit onto the soles of your feet maybe a drop into your bath and using this as a calming oil this is one of the oils that's going to help you unwind the tension from your body and from your heart and from your mind so that you can drop into that more peaceful state so it's really this is kind of the base oil for calming soothing and then two other oils that i'll suggest for sleep are blue tansy and blue lotus if you can get your hands on some blue lotus it's a great oil to work with in the dream state but let's look at blue tansy first of all so blue tansy has a, a, a quality of spontaneity a quality of creativity to it and it's also supportive for the liver within chinese medicine the liver comes online in the night so if we can support the liver through the night that's also going to be very very helpful in the book the gifts of the essential oils Blue Tansy is the oil to help us with starry connections, freedom and immortality. It's one that can help us really connecting into our dreams. It's called the oil of dreams. And those called to, I'll read from the book, those called to work with Blue Tansy gain stronger clarity and remembrance of their soul's ambitions. And those who resist working with Blue Tansy have probably neglected their dreams. So 
what they invite us to do here with Blue Tansy is to use it as a way to connect to our higher self, our, our, our soul, our soul self, if you like, the self that can come through in our dreams. And I like to use it on third eye before I go to sleep or on liver three, that point um, in between the big toe and the second toe in the webbing about an inch upwards. You can look that point up. Or simply just breathe it in, breathe it in from the palms of your hands. If you don't have blue tansy, interestingly, it's in the blend balance, which is another really helpful oil combination, an oil blend for sleep. Balance has wood oils in there and then also it has blue tansy in there. So you could use that on the soles of your feet before you go to bed. And then the final oil to work with for, for accessing dreams is Blue Lotus. Now we did make it in doTERRA and it came as part of a special collection a couple of years ago. We don't have access to it at the moment. I do still have some left that I work with. So if it ever comes around again, or if you can source a really good quality Blue Lotus, it's very hard to find a good quality one, then, then find it and work with it. It has a floral quality, it has a sweet quality, and it has a, a green uh, fragrance to it. The, the aroma of it is this kind of sweet green floral. It has a blue colour and it was used by the ancient Egyptians, the, the blue lotus flower was used for its ability to induce higher states of relaxation and mental clarity, mental sharpness. The plant itself is completely beautiful, has these bright blue petals and this really magical fragrance. This has kind of made it famous really the world over. Sometimes it's referred to as a water lily as it can float over lakes. Traditionally, it was used by the Egyptians to help them with their lucid dreaming, to help them access higher states through dreams. And it was often taken as a tea. There are some stories around the hallucinogenic properties of Blue Lotus as a tea or when it was taken in this way by the Egyptians. I just want to be clear, the essential oil is not hallucinogenic in any way. The way that it is distilled and the way that we work with it does not create that sense within us it doesn't create hallucinogens but it does have a powerful ability to access dream state to connect in to other portals that we cannot always access it's it's a facilitator i wouldn't i would call it a door opener it's not essential for you to access your dreams to work with a blue blue lotus it's just a facilitator it's just going to help you access a different state which is really what we're working with in the dream time beautiful okay enjoy your practice of working with your dreams i would invite you to maybe write your dreams down so if you wake up in the night have a little notebook to hand with a pencil and you can simply write down a couple of insights from your dream resist getting too caught up in the story so you can write down what you were thinking you can write down perhaps what you were feeling you can write down any insights that you might have from the dream and maybe any actions to be taken. So you can write down thought, feeling, insight and action. Very, there's four simple qualities. You might also like to add in just the, the realm that it felt like it lived in. You know, did it feel like it lived in a human realm or a spirit realm or an animal realm? You could just access the realm also that you felt that the dream lived in. And what this practice does is as you look at the dream the next morning, your insights from the dream the next morning, you might just get a key phrase or an answer to something that you are seeking to a, to a question, an answer to a question that you're seeking, or just an insight into your patterns, your habits, um, an issue that you're working with. 
And sometimes it can come up with things that maybe you have ignored or kind of not really taken notice of in the daytime. So it's a really helpful practice to do. Good. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this is interesting and useful to you and you can enjoy your dream life and use it to bring greater, brighter understandings as you move into your waking life. Wishing you much love and see you all really soon. Take care.